0: This program's about the impossible. There's a good chance that you believe in the impossible. In 1967, Dr. George Wald won the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine. Dr. Wald said When it comes to the origin of life, there are two possibilities creation or spontaneous generation. There is no third way. Spontaneous generation was disproved 100 years ago but that led us to only one other conclusion, that of supernatural creation. We cannot accept that on philosophical grounds. Therefore, we choose to believe the impossible, that life arose spontaneously by chance. This Nobel prize-winning scientist rejected the science that God had to be the creator of life. The only possible explanation for you. Me, I'm a Christian because I don't believe in the impossible. Stay tuned and let's explore the universe as it really is. I'm Paul and this is C-Y-K-I-A-E.
1: We're on the cusp of a new year and something great is happening. On 8 January 2023, Sunday, Sunday, a church, the Gafcon Northern Hope Anglican Church of the Diocese of the Southern Cross, is opening in Cairns. On that day at 9am, it will be holding its first service at the Cairns and District Junior Estedford Hall, 67 Greenslopes Street, Edge Hill. A special guest, Bishop Glenn Davies, formerly the Archbishop of the Sydney Anglican Church, now of the Diocese of the Southern Cross for GAFCON, will be at that service, commissioning the Reverend Trevor Saggers as the Rector of the Northern Hope Anglican Church and addressing the congregation about the importance of this new church. It is vitally important that Cairns has its own GAFCON Church, And the Reverend Trevor Saggers is joining me today to tell you why. Good morning, I'm Paul Fordyce, and this is CYKIAE. And today I'm interviewing the Reverend Trevor Saggers, um, who was, until recently, the uh, Minister of the Good Shepherd Church, Anglican Church, at Edge Hill. Good morning, Trevor. Uh,
2: Good morning, Paul. Thanks for having me.
1: Can you tell me just a bit about your background with the um, coming to uh, being the Anglican Church? And I think you've got some connection with um, uh, Bishop Glenn Davies, don't you?
2: Yeah, so um, uh, I'm not used to this sort of thing, so go easy on me. Um, Well,. (coughs) Uh, yeah, I think we've been here now in Canberra uh, well since 2000, so we're not that new, you could say, but uh that's almost 23 years ago now, and uh, uh, we came here to be the, uh, I suppose for myself to be the pastor of the Good Shepherd England Church, Edge Hill, and uh, we, uh, I was born down in the southern, Sutherland, Cronulla area. Uh, please don't hold that against me. <laughs> um, um, yeah, in 1959. Um, so we've been here for a while now, and um, yeah, we I uh, went to Moore College in the end, and uh, you could say I became a Christian when I was at the age of 30, and went to Moore College, and through Moore College, um, I suppose I got to know Glenn Davies, because uh, he was one of the lecturers at Moore College at the time, and that's going right back then, um, starting to show why I haven't got much hair now, <laughs> I'm getting old, um, that's going back into the uh, early 90s. Uh, that uh, I, I got to meet Glenn Davies.
1: And uh, when you started with the um, uh, the Good Shepherd Church at, uh, as as one uh, pastor, at, um, it seems to have been a successfully established church, thanks to your leadership, doesn't it? It increased the number of pastors and so on.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, I've always said that uh, that would be different if. Um, I suppose things weren't so. Uh, I suppose growing, you could say. Uh, it'd be that'd be a test <laughs> to your walk with the Lord as to uh, being part of that. But uh, yeah, we we came here as a, a relatively small church, you could say. Um, and I'd say uh, by today's standards, it's a, it's a, a, a healthy medium-sized church. Yeah, by today's standards. Yeah, yeah.
1: And. Um Obviously, you've gotten to know the congregation very well, very, very personally.
2: Yeah, and that's been one of the hard things about um, um, leaving uh, the Good Shepherd Anglican Church at Shill uh, to be part of this new church and uh, in the new diocese because uh, there's been a lot of relationships, there's been a lot of... um, Uh, funerals as well uh, and journeys uh, leading up to that uh, because um, some younger people died as well. Uh, So there's a a lot of relationships that um, that will change uh, because of this now, but uh, uh, in saying that, uh, many of those relationships uh, will probably uh, flourish or or even grow more deeply because of this.
1: And you're um, starting up a new church at the uh, Cans and District Junior Estedford Hall, 67 Greenslopes Street, Edge Hill, from the 8th of January. And uh, what's the name of that church?
2: Yeah, so that new church, uh, uh, you've got the address right and even the name right. <laughs> Sometimes I'm thinking, it's the Estedford Hall, <laughs> uh, but I need to get the name right. Um, yeah, so uh, that's this, this particular Sunday at 9am. You, you're right, Paul? Um, the, the name of the new church is Northern Hope Anglican, Northern Hope Anglican, or well, NHA, because I do like letters, NHA. And um, uh, Glenn Davies uh, is the uh, bishop of the new diocese uh, that's been formed to, uh, a Diocese of Southern Cross. And so I uh, will be uh, under him uh, as, as, we, uh, as we endeavor to be faithful to the Lord um, at Northern Hope Anglican now.
1: And the Diocese of the Southern Cross is part of what's called GAFCON. Uh, And you're a director of the GAFCON movement in Australia, aren't you?
2: Yes, uh, I am on the board of GAFCON. GAFCON stands for, as a mouthful, that's why you abbreviate things these days. (laughs) Uh, Global Anglican Future Conference is GAFCON. And I'm on the board for GAFCON Australia. Uh, It was a, a tsunami wave, you could say, that was coming our way. Uh, and um, uh, we needed to prepare things in advance for that when it hit uh, this country of Australia, a tsunami wave of, of change of, um, I suppose, what's going on in the church. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, um, I, I've been on the board. I was asked many, many years ago now to be on the board representing Queensland uh, for, in case it comes this way. And uh, it did come... It's
1: fine. And GAFCON is not a small movement, is it? Of Glenn Davies quoted a figure of 80 million, million Anglicans worldwide, and he said 60 million of those are members of GAFCON. Yeah, um,
2: that's correct. Uh, uh, Glenn would know all the details uh, better than I do, but uh, to, uh, uh to Regularly told people that uh, in North America, where this all started, you could say, when uh, people weren't any any longer faithful to the God to God's word, uh, that started um, uh, in the early 2000s or mid 2000s, you could say. And so they've got um, now a thousand churches there and 30 dioceses there, and um, lots of bishops, obviously. But um, yeah, it's been. Um, yeah, GAPCON is not something small. It's quite large, as you said. Um, it's about three-quarters of the worldwide Anglicans are associated with GAPCON now. And so we're just trying to be faithful to what the Lord said already in His Word um, and not uh, budge from that. And uh, the prevailing tsunami wave, as I put it, um, is budging from that. And that's uh, what uh, we do to support people who are trying to be faithful to God's Word.
1: One of the quotes I've got from the Archbishop aspinall said that Um, those who study the scriptures with care and insight say the biblical presuppositions no longer stand. Therefore, the moral rules based on those presuppositions and rationale no longer must be regarded as prescriptive. And we have the responsibility to visit in our own generation questions about what responsible, holy, life-giving sexual expression looks like today. Um, So that's... uh, my 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 problem with what the Archbishop says is, um, how do I know what in the Bible is inspired by God and what's just one of the authors who got it wrong?
2: That's yeah, the... yeah, I, and um, I think that's where a lot of people are, uh, are are at. And all of the Bible is inspired by by the Word of God. It's all God breathed. And so we need to uh, humble ourselves and we need to listen to it and not let the world world, um, uh, get in the way of what uh, God has already said. So um, unfortunately, there's leaders in the uh, Anglican Church of Australia, but leaders um, around the world as well, who are are proclaiming that we're not too sure what God said or or admitting that what God has said, he did say, but uh, things have changed. And so my take on all of that is God uh, has already spoken, and we need to listen to what He has said. And He knew what would happen, and uh, if anything, He's allowed that to happen. So, um, yeah, yeah. So uh, I've had some discussions with various bishops and archbishops over the years, and uh, this very thing gets raised quite a lot, and uh, and when. I and people who who are trying to be faithful to God's word would depart from
1: them. John, in in his um in chapter one, right at the beginning of his book, says, uh, "Through him, th- through him, all things were made, and without him, nothing was made that has been made." So it seems strange that um, uh, God really needed the benefit of recent scientific research into <laughs> into. Um, uh, Homosexual relations?
2: Yeah, I, 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 I had some years ago a discussion with um, a person about this, and they told uh, a leader in, in the Anglican Church, and they told me that it would take uh, maybe eight years before we um, understood things uh, sexually. And uh, don't get me wrong, all things, um, uh, all areas of sin are sin. And uh we, we shouldn't just focus on one, but at the moment, the world's focused on one, and uh, the church has been forced to address that one, you could say. This person said to me that uh, it might take about eight years before we understand uh, sexual matters and what uh, my take on that, and I'm guessing most uh, people who are trying to be faithful to God's word would be saying the same, should be saying the same thing. And that is, God's already said what uh, what happens, uh, what should happen sexually. Uh, but what should happen in all of life, uh, we just need to listen to that and to humble ourselves um, before that. Um, yeah, so no, no, nothing has changed. It doesn't take up years. <laughs> and that just means um, we'll change. Uh, the Lord does not change. We're told in the Scriptures very clearly. He does not change. He has spoken.
1: The um, uh, There's a, a different position taken as well on um, uh, chastity, in the uh, in the church in Brisbane as well, isn't there? Well, one that was at least discussed, and that was yeah,
2: so, yeah. So so um, we're probably getting into a, a heavy area where some people might zone out a bit, but <laughs> or do an aeroplane over the head sort of thing. Yep. But. Um, the faithfulness in service. Uh, there is a code of conduct for how you should behave yourself, and some some uh, churches. Originally, um, uh, it was written so that marriage is between a man and a woman, and anything outside of that, um, including uh, a singleness. Obviously, uh, that's many many people are are, in, are single, uh, whether widowed or uh, uh, or you're just younger um, or or whatever it might be, and so um, uh, rather than uh, rather than, uh, I suppose, for question God's word, uh, people are starting to change the faithfulness and service around the world, um, a code of conduct, uh, to uh, remove this whole chaste business of chastity uh, to basically say that you can do what you want almost. And um, as long as you're loving about that, it's all okay but that's
1: not what God says. The God God says, doesn't he, that um, sexual relationships outside marriage are, are, are sin. Correct. So, um, the Bible also says that marriage is between a man and a woman. Um, and it seems therefore that um, once you have any sexual relationships outside that, uh, you're breaching what God says.
2: Yeah, and that's why um, marriage is um, and uh, well you and I I guess would know uh, uh, either grey head or <laughs> hair challenge people would know that's why marriage is, was called or should be called holy matrimony it's a holy state that people enter into um, but it's, it's a deeply profound state as well so um, yeah we, we, we can't uh, just um, do what we want and and uh, change codes of conduct to do what we are doing uh, to suit. We need to just listen to what God said and obey Him. Listen to us and obey. Him.
1: The the resolution that was put in the Brisbane Diocese uh, changed the wording to your sexual behaviour should be characterised by faithfulness and integrity, um, which is a fundamental departure from what you've you've said. Is God's no, position? Martin.
2: Yeah, one's um, sexual behaviour uh, should be characterised by what God says.
1: There's an old quote of um, Edmund Burke um, who said that the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. And uh, uh, that seems to have a link to Proverbs 24, 10 to 12, which says that, um, which deals with... Um, uh, the same sort of thing that Edmund Burke talks about. So, it, it seems to me, Trevor, that your position is um, akin to what Burke says: that uh, you could either stay in the Anglican Church, the Queensland North Queensland diocese, and send a signal that what they're doing is okay, um, or to make a decision to leave that church and to make it quite clear that what they're doing is not okay, in your point from your point of view. That. That would be your position, wouldn't
2: it? Yes, uh, it is, Paul. Uh, Edmund Burke, um, uh, the, the, that quote, um, uh, for evil to prevail, good people do nothing, and, uh, uh, is quite significant uh, in all of this. Uh, uh, there comes a time when we need to say enough is enough, uh, and we need to act, and it's not easy. Uh, the last few months, of, oh, <laughs> I would say the last few The years have not been easy, uh, far from it, uh, for myself and for my wife, let alone a lot of other people uh, as well. But um, uh, if you you are to be faithful and righteous, uh, sometimes uh, that's that's required. Saying enough is enough, and uh, we need to do something here, otherwise, um, as uh, Edmund Burke said, evil or unrighteousness, that's what the Bible says, uh, uh, will Continue to flourish, just uh, prevail, just like yeast uh, through through the dough, you could say. So, um, yeah, we've made a decision to move on, and uh, we're moving on on this Sunday. And um, uh, the people in Cairns need to hear about Jesus, <laughs> but they need to hear about uh, the the real Jesus. And uh, the people in Cairns need to see Jesus, and they need to be able to see the real Jesus. And so, hopefully, Northern Hope England can can do that
1: as a member of the the Good Shepherd, I share that view about Edmund Burke, and I personally you know, am no longer able to continue to worship at the Good Shepherd um, because I don't want to send the wrong signals about the what the is being done by the progressive, as they call themselves, people. So I'm looking forward to this Sunday um, at nine a.m. at um, Cairns and District Junior of Stedford Hall, sixty-seven Green Slopes Street, Edge Hill, when you will be having your first service, and it will be, um, and you will have present um, for your commissioning um, the Bishop Glenn Davies. So, thank you for your time today, Trevor, and um, and uh, all strength to you for having the courage of your convictions, which is um, not so common these days. Thank you.
2: Uh, thank, thank you, Paul, and uh, thank you, viewers, uh, those who are listening. Uh, may this uh, encourage you to stand confidently uh, in God's word or may it bring you to Jesus as well.
0: And uh, I Thank you, Paul.
1: Okay, that's it, Trevor. Thank you. I can only repeat what Handel said in Messiah.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Praise be to God.